You're listening to After Daycare Drop-Off, the podcast for working moms, like you and like me. Today we're talking with Angela. She's a clinical pharmacist, she's married, and has two kids. I can't wait for you to meet her. Hi, Angela. Hi, Natalie. How are you? I'm wonderful. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> you've made it to this point. So I think after this, it's all uphill. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to celebrate, share with you what you're drinking. So this is so sad. This like totally goes with my day. I would just like to preface with my drink of choice is really a Grey Goose and tonic. However, I don't have a tonic, any tonic water right now. So <laughs> I'm drinking a my sad little Miller Lite from my outdoor fridge that we call our beer fridge. See, so. we, have, <laughs> we have a beer fridge too. And it's like the top shelf is like whatever people leave over. So it's a nice variety pack of random stuff we don't drink. That is exactly where all of ours is, the top shelf, and it's getting pretty full. (laughs) Well, and we have to segregate um, the beer because, at least for when my mom was coming over, she'd stay the night Mm -hmm. and uh, because she'd watch Anna the next day and have to be like, don't drink this beer. This beer is like rare beer you can't get. Yeah, that's ours. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we're definitely a beverage in the evening every every few days right right and so it's like don't touch that kind it's irreplaceable (laughs) I'm saving that for a special occasion right (laughs) like drink the top shelf (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a maker's mark private select um yeah um and so it also has a splash of limestone water in it, which actually does make it taste different. Holy cow. That's Have super you- fancy. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's fancy. It's like $5 for a liter bottle and you use like a thimble full. Oh set. my goodness. Wow. Yeah. But the, the concept essentially is that like a little touch of limestone water is which, what they use to make good bourbon. Um you put a little bit in there, it kind of mellows it out. Oh, okay. And it gives it a whole new flavor profile. So we picked some up when we were in Louisville last year. And sure. it does difference. And the, the water actually freezes clear. So if you're going to make cool big ice cubes. Yeah. Then it actually looks nice as opposed to the cloudy like regular water. Cool. I'm going to have to look into this because my dad is actually really big into bourbon. And we've got him those, like, molds for those really large ice cubes. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be the next fun gift to get him. Yeah, Yeah, it's, like, old limestone something or other. You can find it on Amazon. I got a four pack for, like, 20 bucks. Perfect. Well, this has been super helpful already. (laughs) All right, we're done. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, we can cut the episode short now. Right. Well, good news is I can't edit it, so... It's in there. This is a PSA for the old limestone water company or whatever it's called. I'll have to find it. Um, So, Angela, 
for the seven people who are listening. Um, you are one of my best friends that we met in college. Oh, thank you. Yes. And so I want to hear about what is going on in your life. You just celebrated your son's fifth birthday. Correct. And that's got to be kind of a major milestone as far as reflecting back on, first of all, where did five years go? And right. Two, <laughs> I feel right. like five years of my life is actually missing. <laughs> I know. Like, that's almost as long as it took for you to, you know, complete your collegiate career. Right. And so just, have, yeah. you, have you been having the feels about, oh my gosh, what has happened and how your life has changed so much? Actually, it has, that is interesting that you said that because I feel like, you know, I'm a big birthday celebrator. I believe that you have your special day or whatever. And so while we may not go all out, like a lot of people do um, for every birthday, we do make it a special day, you know, for the birthday recipient, whoever that is in the household. And, but I do feel like we did go a little above and beyond this year for the fifth birthday. We had a friend party um, over the weekend. And then, you know, we still did special things on Grayson's actual birthday, um, when he turned five. And, you know, I think I reflected in like a, a Facebook post a little bit, but it was kind of like five years ago, literally, we didn't even know what happened. You know, like you, you go through pregnancy and you're expecting, you don't know what to expect, but you kind of have some expectations already. And then all that gets thrown out the window, as anyone knows, um, as soon as your first baby, your first born, you know, is put into your arms. And then you're worried about a lot of things when you're going in the infant phase. And as time goes on, you start to worry less and less about like keeping them alive. <laughs> but then you start <laughs> worrying more and more about, you know, what type of person are you raising? And that becomes what you end up obsessing over versus how often has he been fed and diapers changed. So, I mean, the obsession just changes as time goes on. And I think that's how you can look back and say, man, where did five years go? I've just been so worried about like, you know, the next step, the next step. And for us right now, the next step is, you know, getting ready for kindergarten, which is really the biggest change um, that we've had other than becoming parents in this short period of time, because, you know, once you set up daycare or a sitter, you know, whatever you do while you're at work, for the most part, as long as that's working and you're happy and your child's being taken care of, you really don't have to think about that again. But then suddenly we move into, um, you know, as the fall approaches, you know, where are you going to send your child? We live in an area where we have our public school, which is, you know, perfectly acceptable to send your child to. And then we also have multiple private schools in our area. And so within his preschool class, who we've grown really close with those parents and other children, it's pretty split and divided. So then you start second guessing your own choices. And then, you know, everything changes about before and after school care. And, you know, will he ride the bus? Will a grandparent help? How much money will this cost? <laughs> so it's crazy how things have changed in such a short period of time, like you said, because I was in college for six years. And I mean, I think a lot changes in someone's life when they're going through college, whether it's four years or six, but now here we are in five years and we've just like lived a lifetime, I feel like. So 
now you have me stressed out about school. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. (laughs) I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. (laughs) No, no, you're so right, though, because it is kind of like you are fixated on, like, obviously, you know, you're you're doing the regular life stuff. You're kind of on autopilot, really, as far as like, yeah, work, do the thing. But then you always have this back of your mind worry, like you said, go through, hey, am I keeping them alive, which as an aside, when we were expecting Anna, I would see other people on Facebook with their kids and not a knock on their ability, but I was like, okay, they've been able to keep their baby. Right? So that's, <laughs> that's a positive sign. I can do that. You know, we, we can handle this. This is great. Um, <laughs> but you're right that it, it changes and that is significant going from like, you know, trying to develop their, you know, just their, yeah confidence and knowledge about how things work and having good manners but you're right the the kindergarten jump is huge and that's got to be tough when you know he's got his friends from daycare right you know as attached as they may be like how does how is that going to impact kind of their psyche when you got to pick one right right have you guys decided or is that the current discussion? So we, you know, pretty much it's obviously top on everyone's minds when you have a child at this age, because at birthday parties or any kind of gathering we're at, um, like at the school for like little parties and things, everyone's like, where are you going to kindergarten? So everyone's at the same point. Um, and like I said, we're all divided because, Grove City is a small town, like on its own, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar, we're on the southwest side of Columbus. Um, So, but it's kind of a big, small town, which is why I like it, actually, because there's a lot of things that you can do here, but you still have this feeling like you have your own sense of community. Um, But because we are kind of sprawled out and growing, depending on what neighborhood you live in, your kid would be zoned to a totally different elementary school. And then all of us will be back together again in high school, but that's a long time. Mm -hmm. But part of me is kind of excited for it because, um, you know, he's been at the same daycare since I went back to work. So 10 weeks old until now. So I'm kind of excited for him to branch out a little bit. He definitely has his own, he has his own personality and he has, I don't, I don't know if the words are coming to me, but like, you know, he has certain expectations with the people at school right now. The teachers Mm -hmm. expect certain things from him. um, And so do the students. So I'm kind of wondering how that will change when he goes into completely neutral zone again and has to just create his own identity all over again. So I'm kind of excited that he's going to have that change because he has the opportunity to make new friends um, and just, you know, be kind of put out there you know you got to put yourself out there as adults we don't do that that often and I think that's why I the older I get I tend to be more like a hermit (laughs) but when you're a child you're constantly put in those situations and so I think it's good as an adult to say yeah that's it's almost like inspiring to me to try new things or put myself in new situations too that's true and I know I told you before I wanted to talk about like kind of friendships and making time for that but that kind of relates to one of the things I was going to admit to you is that I I have such a hard time like you know I'm outgoing yeah I have such a hard time being like yeah let's do the thing but then I'm like uh I really just want to go home and put on some sweatpants oh 
And even before Anna was born, I was like, eh, that's a lot of effort. And it's so dumb because I literally have complained since moving away from, you know, where our core group of friends lived and said, oh, it sucks because everybody lives in Columbus and it's so easy to meet up and do the whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right. Or the past few years, a few of our friends have moved this way. And of course, you know, it's always a struggle is how do you meet friends as an adult? Like, are you at the grocery? You're like, gee, I also like chicken. (laughs) Let's right, you find chicken. Let's cook chicken Let's together. Be friends like, with chicken. <laughs> right. Well, and then you get close to people at work, but then it's like, ooh, when do you cross the line and like hang out, you know, outside of Panera for lunch? Like, you I know. know, yeah. Then that's like letting a work person into your personal life, and that's weird. But right. you know, it's so hard to branch out, like you said, and it's a matter of convenience. And it's like, even though you totally like that person, it's like. Uh, but like my sweatpants more (laughs) yeah exactly and you know as adults and parents because I mean that's that's what this is all about is I feel like you are like using up all of that energy that creative energy or like keeping you know trying to keep some fresh ideas coming out and try not to be socially awkward at work and all day long (laughs) that by the time you know that part of your day is over I mean you've got a good 12 to 13 plus hours of just your day in already and you're just like you know, I've got no one left to impress at this point. <laughs> I'm going to go home, <laughs> shut myself in with my family. Yeah, right. I, it is hard. And I think being a parent, I know that just getting older probably does that to us in a little bit. But I think being a parent and just really like we were afraid to go out to dinner with the kids. We were afraid they would, you know, scream or just we wouldn't enjoy ourselves because we'd be constantly you know, struggling to keep them entertained. So I think we almost did it to ourselves by just like segregating <laughs> ourselves. And now that our children are older, because I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, I, I feel like we're like, this is the year that we're reintroducing ourselves to the world. <laughs> Literally, we've done, we've made so many plans for this year for vacations, for camping, for just all kinds of things that we haven't done in so long. And we're just like, we're just doing it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. See, we, we take her everywhere, but I'll also say that she's very well behaved and super smiley. And now she's doing yeah. the hi. hi. Yes. And so she's pretty pumped about life, but that was one of the things we had talked about before we had her. And we're like, we're taking her out. Right. We're not going to, you know, I don't know what kind of, like disease she's going to get by like being out. Right. Look, yeah. She's coming. Yeah. And that's been really good because. Yeah. You know, she's interacting with other people and, you know. She and she just knows mastered. what to expect. Right. Because yeah. it's just normal. Yeah. She's mastered yeah. peeling off that peeler, peel off a tablecloth. The table thing. thing. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you were sweet. But now she's like, I know how to peel this off. So <laughs> let's make a mess. But, <laughs> I will say on the friendship thing, you'll be proud because I am going with someone we both know tomorrow to a local nursery, which that may sound dorky, but it's like a nice one. Like you go there and you're like, Ooh, this is some nice landscaping. That's also (laughs) how you know you're 30 plus years old. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I know Joke took Anna there one day when Tony was doing something else and we walked around the fountains. I'm like, look, water, look at this plant. (laughs) 
And she picked up kids love the nursery, you know, those types of places. So you're spot on. Right. But she picked out her own little lavender where we planted it. So yeah. But the thing we're going to, so this nursery is really nice. Um, They just like built this location last year. It's a local family owned deal. So that's nice. Nice. It's in a very nice area of town. So they've got like the full fancy backyard that costs probably (laughs) as much as our houses cost. Um, but they have events every so often and they're only like 30 bucks. And some of the events are like build a terrarium. And I think that's the one that we're going to, to tomorrow, but they have ones where it's like, um, create a Thanksgiving centerpiece. And they did it like Tuesday of Thanksgiving. So you could have it. Yeah. Be fresh. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. So it's like useful stuff. It's plants that's, you know. Some of the stuff, yeah, it's going to die if it's a, just like a centerpiece or an arrangement, mm-hmm. but this is like in dirt, so it's like going to be long-lasting as long as we take care of it, mm-hmm. but I'm excited about it because I get the emails, I'm like, eh, no, and it's like from six to seven, I'm like, look, I got to leave work early, got to get Anna, we're going to go up there, it's going to be great, but. It is going to be great. I'm glad you're doing it. Yes, and it's, it's kind of like the same thing that, you know, it's so easy to be like, no. It but is. And you you'll just it, be at home and sad, but you're right. Once you do it, you'll be so happy you did. Yeah. I'm always like that too. Yeah. Well, and this is a funny thing. I, and I can't attribute this because I don't know where Tony read it, but a few years ago he had read something about how, like how it's so hard to make new friends as an adult. Mm-hmm. And they, the article said the reason why, you know, the, the way friendships are built are based on proximity, time, and lowered inhibitions. <laughs> so sense. what was happening in college? Right. We all lived together. We saw each other every single day, even on weekends. And we mm-hmm. went out to the bars together and got drunk. And we did the whole, I love you. <laughs> and then yeah. you, know, you open up and, and it, you, sit, you laugh, but it's like, dang, that's true. Because when you go to work, you're on, and those are your work people. That's, like, a separate thing. Right. And, you know, especially when you talk about, like, different levels, and it's, like, uh, who who reports to who. And then people you see in passing, it's, like, all right, I just met this person. Why would I use my family time to, like, spend with them instead of my kids who, like, yeah, and my husband, they're definitely way above this random person I just met. You're right. And so it's, like, the constant battle, but if you don't have you know, people around you that are, you know, kind of your time to be off mm-hmm. and all your like friends from college are far away. It's like, that's not good either. No. And that kind of, that same type of thought is what really resonated with me um, with this book that I read a while back. I don't know if you've heard of it or seen it. I know a lot of people posted about it on Facebook, but it was called, I am that girl. by Alexis Jones um I don't like sit around and read a bunch of self-help books that often but I have (laughs) recently decided that I need to invest in myself in other ways than just professionally because it's really easy for all of us to invest in yourself professionally because you get paid to do that and you need to get paid to pay your bills and take care of your family so that's obviously priority number one but this book, I liked it better than Lean In. Have you read Lean In? I have read p- 
parts of it. Parts. Okay. Made me a little cranky. <laughs> Full disclosure, I didn't finish it. I didn't particularly. It spoke to me at times, but then it didn't really speak to me. Lean this in. book spoke to me totally. Okay. So. I would say skip lean in. If some if someone was like, these things aren't for me because I couldn't finish that book, I would say get this one instead. Or if they have like an audible version, you know, listen to it in the car. But I read it and I kind of liked having it in print because you can go back to parts of it at times. But anyway, this this book was about you can't be good to other people if you first haven't like filled your own cup and made yourself whole. And I know a lot of personal development and workout plans and you know healthy lifestyle plans talk about that a lot but I mean it's true so that's probably why everyone says that (laughs) (laughs) that like you know if you are happy and whole and feeling like you've got your stuff together and you're not really missing any major pieces you're going to be of more use to your family you're probably going to put yourself out there more and build those friendships or at least try to like try new things and put yourself in different situations and grow other than just professionally. So I liked that book a lot. I'm just my plug on that. Try so what, it. Have, what have you learned from that book that you're implementing? So I learned that, and this is something I've struggled with and I'm sure all anybody who's a mom or even a dad that's working out of the home has struggled with this too is you you're not taking time away from your family when you're putting time into developing yourself. Now that doesn't mean that you're out at happy hour every night blowing off steam, but like if you need to take time to go to the gym, if you need to take time to get your hair done um, or, you know, anything that's, you know, if you wanted to go to like a seminar or something, I guess, and, and, you know, like learn something new, or like you said, go to that nursery and just, you enjoy doing creative things. You enjoy making your home pretty and living in a nice, you know, well-decorated coordinated place. So, I mean, that that is you. And those are things you would like to do at any point in your life. So just remembering those things that identify that you identify with that make you who you are and doing them again, you know, because there's a lot of things that we encourage children to do, like, you know, play a instrument or sing in the choir or play a sport. But then after college, all of that goes away unless you make a huge effort. So that's kind of don't seems- feel guilty. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, it seems like that's why when people find something that they can do, it's usually like working out at home or running because it's a lot easier to just like get out and do right some of the other things too I agree because so I've done the workout at home thing and I am currently training for a half marathon and I do think with running it's like you don't need to buy anything special besides some shoes and I do have this really awesome pair of fleece lined pants right now that I'm loving for the winter time running. That sounds delicious. <laughs> They're just like the best pants. But how, how do you get motivated to run though once you have them on? This is my question. Oh, well, actually, this is so lame. But I once I bought them because they were expensive, but I was like treating myself and I had a gift card for my birthday. Um, I couldn't wait to like it be cold so I could wear them and not sweat to death 
<laughs> and so now I get really excited because the weather's kind of broken up here and there and gotten nicer. But when it's still kind of chilly and it's a weekend and I'm going to run on like a Sunday morning, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still cold enough to wear these. <laughs> <laughs> And I got a new pair of shoes, you know, specifically for running distances. So it's, you know, it's kind of fun to like wear your fun gear and put it to the test the way that it's meant to be. So that's fun. Yeah. Now, when is when is the race? The end of April. Okay, so that's coming up quick. Yeah. Well, we've been at it. I have a a friend. So originally, after the birth of my second child, Olivia, um, in 2015, I joined Fleet Feet here in Columbus. They have training groups. So mm-hmm. I, w- I was encouraged by a mutual friend who had already done some groups with them that that would be a good way to get back into it because I'd never run more than a 5K at that point. And they're just so motivating. It was just amazing. And I was with this group of people. I didn't know anyone. And I had my little group of friends that we all didn't know anyone before that. And, you know, we're not really friends outside of that, but that's okay. It was just nice seeing them. And we had things in common. We were all parents of different age children. And we got better at running. And so now I don't need to pay for someone to motivate me to run. (laughs) (laughs) but I've like started moving other people around me. Now there's some people at work who are interested in that too. And now we get together on Sunday mornings and we're training for this half marathon together. So that's great. And you've got people who are counting on you to be there. Right. So it kind of makes you get up and go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about your work. Yeah. Um, so I am a pharmacist, went to school at Ohio Northern where we, where you and I had met and graduated in 2009. And, you know, when I went to pharmacy school, I went to school to be the pharmacist that all of us interact with, you know, that we all had interacted with growing up would be the person at the local pharmacy giving you your antibiotic when you're sick or, you know, any kind of maintenance medication for any other type of disease state. And I was okay with that. I'm social. I like to interact with patients. So institution pharmacies, like in hospitals, never appealed to me because you don't have that interaction. Um, So I went right into the workforce as a retail pharmacist in 2009 and management at the same time. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you feel ambitious when you're, when you finally finish six years of school, you're like, I'm doing (laughs) everything right. Mounting debt. So you're like, give me the most money and let me work myself into the grave. So, um, so I did that, um, for multiple locations. Um, so I kind of tested the water in in multiple areas, which kind of helped being that I was young with zero experience. So it got me some definite experience, Um, but then, you know, I had my first child, which I feel like didn't, I, my schedule being the, like a, you know, 9am to 9pm, um, only home. I did have three days off a week, you know, but still the days that I was working, I wasn't home. So that put a lot of pressure on my husband, but still with one child, I feel like that was working because, you know, My husband had his time at home with our son. I had my time, you know, some mornings I was home with him 
until mid afternoon when I would go into work and work later. So it was kind of nice being flexible like that, but it was after the birth of our second child that that schedule wasn't working anymore. So, um, but in pharmacy, a lot has changed since we graduated and a lot more education is usually required to get more clinical jobs, which have better schedules. So I was kind of disheartened that I probably, I knew I needed to make a change, but I didn't know how. And luckily for me, I had a friend who worked at the same place that I work now and they had an opening. And so the day that the other pharmacist put his two weeks in, she called me and told me to put my resume in, which I didn't have, didn't even have a resume because I was so beat down that I would just work at my current job until forever. Oh no. So I put one together and now I work at an oncology clinic. Um, We are a private practice of physicians. They own the practice. We have infusion pharmacy for, um, you know, chemotherapy, but then we also have a retail pharmacy where we dispense medication directly to patients like you think of a pharmacy. So this is like the perfect world because you get to both do infusions and more like institutional type pharmacy that I don't have experience in or didn't prior to this, but then I still get to have these great interactions with families, with patients because they're going through a lot and they need a lot of support. And I definitely am the person that's like helping to coordinate that support and helping to just reassure them that they have that support with our group of people and just helping them understand the services that we can offer. And it's really rewarding and not as sad as I thought it would be. Well, it's honestly a really optimistic place to be because that's the place they're getting care And the end result is, you know, getting their life back, right? Correct. So, I mean, there are definitely a lot of people that walk in and out of our doors. And um, like you said, we're able to help them live a better, longer life. Um, And then there's other people who really the goal of care is to make them as comfortable as they can be and make whatever time they have left the best time that they can have you know what I mean and the highest quality and I don't know that I would have really understood that until I saw it for myself because we're just so young and I think we don't think about that yet in our own lives Um, unless we've been touched you know in in our family with a situation like that I guess but um, yeah it's actually pretty optimistic because you just think of yourself You've got these people hearing the worst news that anyone could possibly hear, but then you're here to help them through it and make it as painless as possible. Make the right choice for them. So when you are working in, you know, I feel like I understand like the infusion type situation, but when you do the retail Mm -hmm. end of it, is that everything they need with regard to their oncology treatment or are you able to accommodate anything else they need so they don't have to go anywhere else so the plan yes we try to do our best to anticipate what anyone would need so we're kind of like a one-stop shop type deal um there's definitely limitations because we're very small and so little one-off types of things we would definitely coordinate getting that to wherever you would normally do 
your pharmacy business usually, but we have what we call a formulary, which is the drugs that the prescribers would most likely prescribe and they know what those are. So we pretty much curtail everything to what we have in stock and what we can help people with. Um, but a lot of times that's not within our control with the way that the healthcare environment is these days with insurance companies and how they dictate so much of people's care. So a lot of times we have to send people away just based on their insurance company. But we also help coordinate all of that, too. So it works. Now, what were some of your other drivers for changing from the retail environment to the clinical? Yeah. So, I mean, number one, professionally, you know, it was a better move. I have a better future. I can go lots of different directions from there. So that was a better, the schedule, I alluded to it, but didn't really mention it. So now I'm. I just have doctor's office hours. I'm off in the evenings. I'm off on the weekends. I'm not in charge besides just being a pharmacist. So I'm not the manager. So I don't have phone calls after hours or on weekends. So that's wonderful. Um, The other drivers were just what it's like to be in Southern Ohio right now, like locked in a cage with a bunch of drugs that everyone wants is like the best way to say it (laughs) because um, I was in Southern Ohio the whole time that I practiced pharmacy and this epidemic that we are finding ourselves in, in Ohio and just like the Midwest in general with opioids, heroin, methamphetamine, the sale of Sudafed, it was getting really scary actually. Um, where I worked, we were right off Route 23, and there were several little towns all through Southern Ohio, right off 23, that were really hit really hard with this epidemic. And you could just tell, we would call it the Sudafed bus, <laughs> like, oh, the Sudafed bus must have stopped because just multiple people, one after the next, after the next, after the next, would be coming in. And this sounds so terrible because I totally profiled these people. I mean, they just looked the part. They were pretty scary if you told them, no, we're not going to sell this to you, or if they tried to bring a prescription in that you weren't comfortable filling. Um, People asking for syringes, and you know they weren't diabetic, and they're getting pretty upset with you when you wouldn't sell it to them. So just all of that, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if something really bad were to happen to me, like, where does that leave my family, and was it really worth it? So that was another driving force to want to get the heck out of there. Yeah. And it's, it's been so much in the news and it's one of those things where it's like, I'm grateful in a way to be kind of ignorant to the issues as far as Mm -hmm. impacting me personally. Right. But in Indiana, there's been so much discussion of, you know, do we have needle, you know, needle exchange places so as to not perpetuate other issues and you know do we have policies that lawmakers put in place to help gather data to ensure that this is being tracked properly so we can identify like where the pocket areas Mm -hmm. are that have problems and you know how do we get people into getting help and uh, yeah you know the new the the scary part is Tony and I were talking about it the other day and I have a hard time understanding like 
why people choose to do any drug whatsoever because they're just like don't do it like that's dumb right right Um, I think the same thing (laughs) yeah it's like it's like just not don't do that like just instead of doing it do something else like it's because we were children of the 80s and 90s and it was just say no to drugs (laughs) right well and and it's one of those things too that it's like you know my experience is all I know so it's like I was fortunate enough to grow up in you know middle class family and Mm -hmm. you know running around the street was like okay running around my neighborhood and there was like seven kids and like retired people was like there was nothing weird going on there was no right drug dealers on the corner so I mean the environment I was exposed to was you know like maybe people had pot sometimes but it was not like it's not what I imagine it to be today and we were talking about it and I was just like confused why opioid addiction was being labeled as a disorder. And I've not researched it enough to really speak onto why it is referred to that in some ways. Yeah. But I'm just like, don't do it. Just don't, just don't do that. I know. Definitely not. Yeah. Tony was like, well, it's really crazy how it gets a hold of people. Like it takes just one time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, one time, really, like once, like that's insane. I, that's and, so hard to imagine, right? Like I can't imagine right. doing something one time and then having to continue doing that thing, whatever that is. Right. And then you you hear about these stories of like, oh, this beautiful prom queen, and she had everything ahead of her, and coming a good family, a scholarship to blah blah blah, and everything's wonderful. And then heroin, and then you're like, yeah. why? And then she dies. And I'm like, I think about our daughter and I'm like, oh my God. Like if it takes one time, right. Like, what do I do? Like, I don't know. We've got all these monitoring systems these days. Like that's psycho. But like, what, what do you do to protect your kids against these things that are like, you know, it's like, oh wow. I didn't like that papa vodka that was gross yeah. and then like move on to the smirnoff like the rest of you know i mean right i'm i'm comfy with you know sneak into something sometime that that seems like a normal thing that a kid's gonna do at some point mm-hmm. and it's not gonna derail their whole life let alone kill them right I... all it's gonna take is one person that somebody finds trustworthy enough to be like i'll try it I definitely, so I agree with you as how freaked out and scared I am, and I definitely don't have it all figured out. Even being in the line of work that I'm in, it's still, I'm still asking myself the same questions and feel the exact same way because we had similar upbringings, so um, similar experiences. But I do think that there, it has been a shift in society as far as communication goes with like social media and electronics and I I don't know like we don't know how these people have been raised and we are not here to judge the parenting behind it but I just know that what Justin my husband and I have decided for our children is we want to try to limit as much exposure to social media as possible and that whole world for as long as we possibly can hold off for them we also want to try to make 
like enough of a lifestyle within our own like family unit that we're always together, always doing stuff, not just like hanging out here at the house and the kids are doing whatever they are doing. We're doing whatever we're doing. No one's really communicating about what's going on in their lives. I mean, not that I need to be like in their business, but I mean, you're a parent, you kind of do need to be in your kid's business and knowing where they're at and have rules and expect them to be places at certain times. So I just feel like we just need to make sure going forward that we're setting boundaries for our children and not being afraid to not be their friend at times, but because we are their parents and we're their protectors. And I think just being open and honest about what's going on, like stuff is different than it was when we were in high school and letting them know that it's okay to experiment with X, Y, and Z, but also it's okay that I know about it and that you have this open communication with your child as much as you possibly can to show them that you trust them, but also that you they can confide in you as well in case something really crazy is going on, like you need to know, you know? Right. I, I'm hoping that some of that works out <laughs> in our <Right>. life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like what you said about, you know, making sure you're spending time together doing things as opposed to just like spread across the house. And right. That comes with age when it's like, I'm going to go to my room, bye. But like, you know, that can be as simple as making sure you sit down at the dinner table and have dinner together. Right. You like what I know you guys like to, you guys like to go camping. So that's a whole outing in and of itself I mean yeah that's a good way to limit social media go to the woods right that's kind of our plan is to just keep dragging them away (laughs) they can't be connected can't go to parties on the weekend (laughs) but I mean that's that's definitely a way like even as you know adults who know like you know you really shouldn't get sucked into the Instagram fitness models because they're really just going to make you feel like yeah and you know some things just aren't feasible right <laughs> like, that's me I avoid those yes there's a few I followed that were like oh this girl's fun like you know and her posts were positive I was just like I need to not look at that anymore because that just makes, makes me feel bad, bad. I know <laughs> I know like I'm gonna some regular people just like my friends right um, <laughs> but I mean it's surrounding yourself with like the voices and culture that you you know value and right you know, it, this is going to sound so dorky and, you know, sometimes something comes up and you don't do it. And then later you're like, why didn't I do that? I was just lazy. Mm-hmm. But, um, so senior year of college, I was in this class called communications theory and surprisingly, I like really liked it and I got an A. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a win. Yeah. Get away from my B's and C's. Um, so there was this theory and I had to write a report on it and write the report. And then later my professor was like, this is really good. I'd love to work with you on this like Ooh. presentation at the blah, blah. And I didn't do it because I'm dumb. And we all know I didn't get a job because it's 2008 and there were no right. jobs. So not like I was busy. <laughs> so I didn't do it. But my, my um, topic was kind of dissecting this theory called social information processing theory. Okay. And I kind of got into it because it was like, okay. Basically, it's the theory that what we see around us in social settings, regardless of if it is right or not, 
with enough exposure, you're going to accept that it is correct. Okay. So it, this was 2008. Um, it was my spring you know, quarter because we were in quarters at that time. Um, and so Facebook had gone from college Facebook to regular Facebook mm-hmm. my freshman year. Um, Instagram wasn't a thing yet as were other things weren't a thing. Like YouTube was a thing. But it's basically saying like groupthink is real. And from people who get into gaming, that's like voice over IP type stuff, like yeah. World of Warcraft or whatever, they've got their own little banter, their own culture they create, and that becomes the norm. So just like today, it's manifested with all this like cyberbullying and, you know, kind of these comment wars. And one of the things I've seen a lot with parenting stuff is like perfect mom, you know, so-and-so who wants to comment on like, oh, your kid's. You know, you post a picture of your kid just doing something normal. And they're like, oh, your kid's teeth are just rotting away. You shouldn't have, to have juice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never let my kid have juice. And it's like rude, 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 rude. And they really just feed off of each other. Yeah. And I mean, the way that there's a lot of debate now on these companies like Facebook, where they've tried to figure out what kind of content can they promote that you know, incite certain areas and chemicals of your brain that get you to respond in certain ways. And it's like, so freaky. But it it's is like freaky. Effect. Yeah. And it shares, oh, so-and-so commented on this article. And of course, it's like some article that's controversial, whether it be political or a news event that people want to get riled up about. Right. So it promotes the comment that your friend made on this thing that you don't care about. And then you see them getting into it back and forth, back and forth with people. And it's basically the theory that, you know, this situation exists. And what it does is it changes what we, you know, the group think is normal. You're absolutely and, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I would have invented it. And I wish I would have done the, the presentation. because <laughs> you know, I would be doing a TED talk or something. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it's wild to think about because now I'm like, you know, one, I should have done the presentation. I should have done the research and, you know, got my name on a thing. That would have been fun. But um, it's so interesting to see social media develop. And, you know, you know, I work in communication, so it's like I use it for my job. But it's one thing to be using it for my job to help people plan for retirement versus right. you know, <laughs> yeah. something that's bad. Like, I don't know how you could make that bad at all. Like, that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, Yes. Like, do you want money when you're old and you're tired and you don't want to work anymore? Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's like this big sunshine, like in my view. And I think in retirement, I'm warm and it's sunny. <laughs> right. Right. So, but it's, it's wild to see it manifest because, um, I had, I didn't have to, but I felt inclined to put a timer on my phone to see how long I'm on my phone all day. Oh, I was catching myself and this is like, I don't know, the perks and negative part of having, you know, I have my own office and I don't close my door that often, but I have an office. So it's like a little bit private. Um, and I'm a manager, so I have staff that help support, you know, the overall goals. So it's not me by myself doing everything. Right. I just would catch myself. I'm like, why am I on my phone again? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, why was this even, why did it even occur to me to get on there and waste time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's easier with, like, a desk job versus what I imagine your job is like if you're interacting with patients and I'm like, oh, wait, let me check Instagram for 10 minutes. Not really well, 10 minutes. But you but still, like, like, I still, I even myself, 
find myself like in my downtime instead of maybe because you anybody with any job always has like your immediate priorities then your back burner priorities so instead in those times I should be doing my back burner priorities and not stressing but I'll take five minutes and just like look and see like who's who on my group texts have been texting while I've been slaving away and you know you mm-hmm. just these things that you could have could wait till after five o'clock or at lunch or when you do have a break or whatever so I stopped yeah. keeping my phone where I am I kind of came to the same realization I should just keep it in my purse and just use it for emergencies or when I'm off because I did the same thing just wasted time yeah and I'm not there yet because it's like well, I get texts from my sitter with pictures. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and I then Tony texts me, um, you know, like, hey, you know, quick question about, you know, don't forget to make the appointment for for this thing. Or, you know, we, we talk throughout the day like that. Right. But I would catch myself being like, why? Like, I have this whole list of things to do. But the app I got doesn't really tell you, like, what's bad. But it definitely turns red when you get, like, to three hours really oh yeah and I'm like I don't know what yeah I don't know what's the right it's yeah it's called moment okay um it's free and you can you can pay extra for like certain for it to have time limits but it tracks that you have to keep it running in the background so it probably uses a tiny bit of battery Mm -hmm. but um you can turn it on to capture which apps you're using the most and I, I don't feel like I need to do that. I think I know what I'm doing the most. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, on the weekends, I don't look at it that much, but it's it's kind of like embarrassing when it gives you the stats for the day because it's like, you picked up your phone 92 times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, 92? I'm like, but that was just to like, look at like, to see if I had a text. Right. Like, does that count? Like. Right. <laughs> Give me a freebie here. But, <laughs> but it certainly made me more thoughtful. And I don't know if I'm like, wow, I need to decrease it. But it's made me more thoughtful. Of like, when I'm about to pick it up, I'm like, is there something I need to look up? Because I am, I'm wondering something or I want to Google something real quick. Or am I just trying to kill time? Yeah, exactly. And so it's, I, I think it's, you should download it. If okay. you think that's something that you've been trying to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. So. One of the things that we talked about a little bit was, um, you know, like we said, spending time on family, spending time on ourselves. And it's the thing I still struggle with as far as like, am I spending time on the right thing? Like, you know, like tonight, I'm doing this with you. Right. And I think this is the right thing. And I think, you know, like I said before, with struggling with, trying to stay connected with friends. It's so easy to just keep going. And mm-hmm. one of my girlfriends from high school, we, I swear we played the most ridiculous game of phone tag. And I love her very, very much, but she's just got so much going on in her life. And what she's doing of a day is different than me. She's got three kids and, you know, her husband's got a crazy job. Yeah. And it's like, I text her, Hey, you want to talk later tonight? Yep. And then I call her and it's like, Oh, well, she didn't pick up. Not a good time. Yeah. And then the next day she calls me at 2 PM. I'm like, dude, I'm at work. Right, I cannot pick up. <laughs> but you know, if if nothing, like with the point of this podcast is to have regular moms' voices heard, and specifically working moms, because it seems like everything else is not everything, but a, a lot of the things that seem readily available are like 
hey, today, take your kid to the museum. I'm like, I got to work. Right. And At like 9 a.m. Like, on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Like, go to the the class at the at the local community center to learn how to do play-doh dinosaurs i'm like uh-huh okay <laughs> let me know how that was um i'm gonna tell you about pension plans because that's what i did today <laughs> uh, and so i mean if nothing that that's the goal is to just to have these conversations heard and just talk about the real stuff and what we're doing but the other added benefit is actually getting to spend an hour with friends i know and so, like, I don't think that doing this is a bad use of time, but it seems like, okay, well, if I spend time cleaning up the kitchen when she's playing, then that's, I, that needs to be done. But dang, then you're missing out. I know. And I know where you're at, too, because I remember being there and thinking that, you know, all their awake time needed to be interacting time with me because I was already gone for 10 hours or whatever, you know, during mm-hmm. their day. And you get that wee bit of time in the morning, but that's stressful. And then you get the wee bit of time in the evening, but you're tired. And like you said, you have things to do. Like you don't want to wake up the next morning to a pile of dishes to start your day. You want that to be cleaned up before you go to bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my mom helped me with this. And I'm not saying that I don't still struggle with it, but she's told me in multiple conversations over the years in multiple different ways, but essentially, I guess it's a couple sentences long, but you, so part of raising your kids is like we've touched on earlier is modeling what we think, like what we value. So if you value that you have a clean home that they can be healthy and proud of, and that you can be proud of then showing them that it's important to clean the dishes when you're done eating, even if it's not what you want to do because you want to play with her or you want to interact with Tony, um, like that's a valuable lesson to them. And, you know, as they age, their interaction in that activity will change as time goes on because I keep like counting down the days till when they can just do it and then I can go (laughs) put my feet up. But um, You know I'm going to get that Ikea like little little step right. stool with yes. a special surround so she can help yes. with the dishes oh my kids love playing in the bubbles and I'm not saying we do it all the time more like on the weekends when I'm not in a rush but it's it's fun to have that interaction where they understand that that's something that you value and then the other thing that uh, that she told me my mom because she was a working mom as well and other people in my shoes have said is Again, we're modeling what we find valuable to us. In our lives, we value our careers. Most people have that opportunity um, when they have a child to determine what they're going to do. Are they going to stay home? Is the husband going to stay home? Um, Are they going to have a family watch them? Are they going to use a sitter or daycare, whatever? But when your children see you walk out the door every morning and walk back in the door every evening and you are supporting your family, you are making a contribution to the world, that's valuable too. And that's something that they need to see. Like, I expect my children to grow up and be educated, whatever that means for whatever they want to do, and to contribute to the world, you know, and not that staying home isn't contributing, but that's, that's what I value. That's my life. And that's what I want them to see is that we're not just spending time away from them or having free time. So that's kind of how I, and like, if you're taking time to work out, if I 
take a Saturday morning to go run to take care of myself or just because that's what's interesting to me or my husband takes time to go hike. We as a family go camping. You know, these are all things that are valuable to us and it's important to show kids that. And it's important that your kid learn to cope on their own and play on their own. So that's okay. You are like my my sage, my motherhood sage right now. <laughs> it's okay. We don't think it's okay because we're on Instagram and Facebook and you see the highlight reel. Nobody posts the crappy stuff. You're posting all your good stuff. But while you're watching other people's good stuff, you're like living the bad stuff thinking, what the hell did I do wrong today? And you did nothing wrong, but we're just raising people. You know what I mean? Like we're not raising superheroes and we think they're extraordinary, but they're just normal people. (laughs) So we need them to just be able to grow up and be a normal person and know that that's okay. (laughs) True. You know? (laughs) <laughs> I've been trying to be better like like I I don't mind her in the bathroom with me in the morning trying to get ready and yeah. I think cute because I give her like my empty birch boxes to play with yes. and she just throwing them around but sometimes <laughs> it's like honey stop pulling everything down because I have to stop every two seconds what right. I'm doing takes three times as long so the past couple days I've put her in her little playpen octagon it looks like a mma wrestling ring um, <laughs> <laughs> like i just imagine like a cute like baby to baby thing where it's like hi yeah <laughs> but no blood though no blood um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i put her in there and i was like honey I, I just need you to play independently for just five minutes and she whined a little bit and it's like I only have like this little bit of time that I could play with her, but if we don't get on the road, it's going to be a whole thing. And yeah, I play everywhere all the time. Me too. People just just accept it. Like, Oh, whatever. But (laughs) (laughs) it may sound bratty, but I'm like, look, you know, you're not going to say boss lady. Why are you (laughs) late? Like my, my team's not going to question me because they're just not. No, but (laughs) so haha, that's what you get for being old now. Um, (laughs) But, um, like, she did great. Like, she whined a little bit, but she she found her little pacifier toy in there. And I come back, and I'm ready, you know, not even that long, much longer. Yeah. And she was fine. Yeah, she like, was fine. Yeah, I knew she'd be fine, but it just makes you feel like, am I missing out on something? You feel that tug at the heart, you know? And you you feel bad. It's that mom guilt. But she's fine. and just to throw this in there so my kids also have like one of the drawers in my um like vanity I guess where I've like put empties of things like they like to pretend to put deodorant on like with the cap (laughs) on so I just like one of my ones instead of throwing it away I just threw it in there so they like pretend to put their deodorant on in the morning and Grayson takes one of like my bare essentials brushes and pretends to like put that on his face, which is appalling to my husband, but it's what he sees me do. Like he just thinks that that's what you need to do to get ready in the morning. And so I'm not going to sit there and explain to him about makeup and it being in my mind, a girl thing. So, you know, at this point he just thinks he's taking care of himself and I would prefer that he think he need to take care of himself at this point. So we have, I give him a little Clinique face lotion. We all put our face lotion on and (laughs) Olivia pretends to spray her hair. (laughs) 
See, that's funny because, like, it's made me rethink, you know, like, our house is not fully childproof. Like, we don't have, like, the, you know, drawers locked. Right, right. Cabby things or even rubber bands. We don't even have that. Um, Because she's not, she's walking, but she's not quite advanced. Independent like that. Yeah, like, she'll yank on things and sometimes the doors will open, but it's not like, let's open the door and then also pull everything out. But yeah, she's making me rethink what's in my drawers because my bottom drawer in our bathroom vanity has like some hair ties and bobby pins i'm like crap gotta get those bobby pins out of there she could swallow them and of course she grabs like this microdermabrasion tool that i have and it's not (laughs) just like you know a clarisonic thing like it's a full like face sander (laughs) thing i'm like well of course you're gonna grab the most expensive thing i have but most of my cosmetics and hair stuff are sample size because I basically just live out of my birch box samples mm-hmm. I get every month. Um, so they're all like kid size. So <laughs> it just looks so funny because I'm like, honey, you're going to use that dry shampoo? What about this texture spray? Yeah, Olivia loves her texture spray. And I think it's just because it, again, was a birch box thing that I had that I didn't really need with my like hair type. So she just thinks it's like her size hairspray and she, she makes like a spray sound and like puts it on her hair, like <laughs> pretends. That's so cute. I know. So I'm like, yeah, you can use this baby size birch box thing. <laughs> yeah, I am collecting like small kitcheny things. I'm like, Tony, if you go to the gas station, get like a tiny Pringles can. Keep it. I need it for her pretend kitchen. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it'll take like a year until she's like at the level. Maybe, maybe not, but that she's ready for that, but I'm collecting, like, miniature things like that. That's a good idea. Because, like, it was always so fun as a kid when you'd go to, like, the Children's Museum, and it was, like, the grocery part, and everything was small. (laughs) And it looked like the stuff that your parents really used, not, like, the toy stuff that doesn't even look, you know, realistic. Yeah. I agree. My my guilty pleasure is fake food. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) That's kind of an odd thing to be into. I know. Like, if you take me to, like, a really, like, weird furniture store and they've got those, like, mm-hmm. halved cantaloupes with the fruit in the middle, I'm just going to die. <laughs> like, I really just want it. It's over <laughs> at that point. It's so weird. That is so weird. <laughs> I know. So, we're running close on time, but okay. I want to ask you a few of my, I, don't, I, I still don't know what I'm going to call it, but my, my, my quick fire questions. Okay. But. We talked, you know, you've been at your job, what, how many years now? Almost three? Yes, almost three. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you really like your level of, like, patient interaction and what you get to do of a day. Um, I did see that your dress code is changing. You have to be a little more <laughs> you standard. Have to more professional on a daily basis. Well, I wouldn't say it's unprofessional. You just have to be, like, core colors, not just whatever you want. Right. But what's your goal for, for work this year? For work this year, because I'm in oncology and it's a pretty specialized role compared to where I was more generalized, um, I'm doing a lot more education. I'm actually traveling at the end of this month to Ooh. a hematology oncology conference. Um, and I'm taking more of an active role um, at work. My, my boss, who's the director, she's a pharmacist. Um, and she's worked at our clinic for over 10 years, but is new to the director role within the last three years. 
So because she has that history with our physicians, they still have that trust with her where they, they seek her advice a lot with their more difficult situations. And so I've started taking more and more of those things off of her plate and taking more of an active role at work. Um, like I'm actually one of the organizers for, we have a team that goes to all of the different cancer walks in central Ohio. So mm -hmm. I'm helping like make t-shirt designs and <laughs> drum up some motivation and interest among the associates at work which I think our Delta Zeta days have totally helped me train for. <laughs> I was just going to say that. But I was like, well, maybe she'll think that I'm teasing too much, but that's true because it totally helps for this kind of stuff. And, and we, one of the women that works on my team, like she was very active in her sorority. Um, and I kid you not, we use a lot of the team building stuff that yeah. we've learned and motivational things that come from recruitment to kind of bring the group along through like tough projects or like tough times and it's so relatable so I'm excited for you for this yes thank you so when you and Justin get to have date night what is it you guys like to do or go eat or like what does that look like for you ideally I feel like it's evolved over time. Like when we first had our child um, initially became parents, mm. we like to try to pretend like nothing had changed and keep up with the things we used to like to do. Um, like um, go to sport, like major sporting events or go out drinking. But <laughs> now it's more like actually doing something like some kind of activity, I guess. So we do, we have the Blue Jackets here in Columbus, so we do like to go to those games occasionally, but, um, like, usually just going to dinner, but not, it's not all about, like, going out and drinking. It's more just, like, being able to spend time together and, like, experience something new, like a different restaurant, or get, like, invite other people to come with us so we can <laughs> interact with other adults. So, so that's not a bad thing. activity. Yeah. We just went to, um, a concert this past weekend we did the same thing we had another couple that we like kind of join up with us just because it's not that we don't want to spend one-on-one one-on-one time together but when you you're going to like a concert it's fun to have your yeah. own little group and kind of catch up there too yes I agree so what about lunch if you get to have lunch with anybody that you find interesting it doesn't have to be like a person you know but ideally what would it be I know some people have said a famous person, uh, like Celine Dion, um, <laughs> which we know who that is. <laughs> I didn't think about this one prior to our conversation. What have some other people said, just so I can buy some time? Oh, sure. Well, some people have said, um, well, and I, and I purposely ask lunch because, like, let's be real. It's so much easier to be like, I'm going to take, a you know, out of the office lunch today, or I'm taking, like, uh -huh. my personal kind of rule is, I eat at my desk all the time. Um, part of it is because I'm too busy and I'm still pumping at work. So it's okay. like, I don't have time to go anywhere. And I bring my lunch and, you know, unless some, there's some sort of major tragedy where I don't have enough leftovers from dinner, it's like, I have my food. I don't need to go anywhere. Um, but if I'm going to take a lunch, it's an hour and a half. I'm not, I'm, it's going to be worth my while. <laughs> I'm not. Because I'm going to go with somebody <laughs> and I'm going to talk. <laughs> I'm not apologizing for that. 
It's like, you get a free workout of me. I normally eat and work at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you get time to carve out a, from lunch, that's the time to get, like, with a girlfriend you like. And for me, there's people that work nearby but don't work for the same place I do that I enjoy spending lunch time with that are nice to catch up with. So it can be a girlfriend. It can be someone in your field that you think is really interesting and you'd like to learn from them. It could be someone who owns an awesome business that you're just want to like, I just want to know this person. Right. I would really like to have lunch with Lindsay Vaughn. She's my personal hero right now coming off the Olympics. Honestly, I was so kind of obsessed like with her. You kind of look like her. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> Why did I just realize that you do? I, I so adore her and she, I didn't know this. Like I really, probably should like actually read up on her or something but just from watching the olympics and the all the skiing um events this time around which we always watch every time but um they had this huge segment about she and her grandpa and like how close they are and he's actually passed away since they did that segment since they taped that but um it just so much about her seemed like a normal person they had all of this footage of her skiing as a child growing up and it's like how I envision raising my kids like because we enjoy that as well and that's something that my husband and I used to do before we had kids and we hope to get them to do soon now that they're getting older but and I have a special connection with um, well I had one with both of my grandparents but my one grandfather also went to pharmacy school and was a pharmacist so I just feel like kind of connected to him like her too so I would like to have lunch with her that's really cool. Yeah. And she, she's really resilient too. She's had injuries. She's had all sorts of stuff and she just keeps coming back and just kicking butt. So I know. If she can do that. Person. Yeah. All of us can do anything. Right. Like, okay. If she can like basically break her entire body and be airlifted out of the yeah. slope. I think. Go to my 5am workout. <laughs> right. Like, let's stop making excuses and that's a good point too is that it's so easy to make excuses and be like I don't want it but just get your ass up just do it (laughs) which is another plug for that book I am that girl talks about excuses and what we do on a daily basis and how we get out of things all the time oh I know I'm like dangerously bad at excuses I need to stop oh me too (laughs) yeah okay and so my mommy blog question is also tell Natalie how I can make dinner faster because it seems like it takes forever but what's your your fast dinner my fast dinner is I love this pork recipe I just found through the whole 30 program that I did at the end of January Mm -hmm. and um, I can always pass on the recipe and you can post it but um, I love it because you put all the seasoning and you put your pork like in your crock pot. And I've even done it like at nighttime. So it cooks while we're sleeping in the crock pot because I don't have to worry about it being done way before I get home from work and it being like dry or something. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So I have that meat, that meat becomes like everything. (laughs) So like with whole 30, the big thing is like, you don't have to eat breakfast or eat at breakfast. You're just eating food because food is fuel. So like you could take some of that and put it on top of some zucchini noodles and then throw like an egg on top of it and call it breakfast. You could put it into tortillas if, and make it like a Mexican kind of a meal. 
I would like eat it without bread, but my husband would put it on a bun. I could cut it up into pieces and my kids would think it's chicken because <laughs> I <didn't laughs> eat chicken dipped in ketchup. So right. it was, I, that like just became like my meat. I like having like a big thing of meat that I make a certain way. And then I just, it becomes all these different things throughout the week. That's a good time saver too, because I know people who watch certain TV shows are now nervous about crock pots, but it, I is, know. it is nice to not have it gone all day because when people say, Ooh, put it on low for six hours. I'm like, okay, first of all, normal work hours are longer than six hours plus yeah. travel time. So don't yeah. tell me six hours. Like that's not an acceptable crock pot. I need like a good 10 to 12 hour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I need. So that's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to have to try that. Send me that recipe. I will. Okay. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today and getting into a little bit of everything. We kind of took it, kind of took it a little dark there with the drug talk. I know. It's scary that that's kind of normal, but I'm grateful that I have kind of an, an insider expert view on you know, what that looks like when it really manifests in a community, but also hearing how you've taken your career in a way that's really helping families cope with yeah, kind of what they're dealing with and helping them through that. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to After Daycare Drop-Off. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Angela, hearing her great insight on all things the world, social media, and being a mom trying to tackle it. Follow the podcast on Instagram at After Daycare Drop-Off for inspiration, updates from the show, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share with anybody you think would love it, and until next time...